0: Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Foolery starring Jerry Springer. Along with Gene Galvin and me, I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy! Here he is. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the one and only Matt Mr. Jerry Springer. Hey.
1: Thank you. Oh. whoa. Hey.
2: This tonight's show is is special and gene will explain one of the reasons it's special uh because of the night we're recording it and then there's we have a special guest tonight where frankly you know if we were doing the show just for us for our own joy and entertainment and this wasn't like going out to the world just I want to spend 45 minutes of my life with uh it is with the guest we have tonight uh i'll tease it i'll say his his name is Noel paul stuckey <laughs>
3: there's, yeah. there's the
2: tease. you're
3: such a tease yeah. <laughs> such a tease
2: <laughs> yeah. oh he's gonna be <laughs> here for the whole 45 minutes but anyway yeah gene this is weird what we're doing tonight
0: well it's really big to you and me, me- megan's much younger than us but jerry and i uh, were in high school and college during the 50s and 60s and uh peter paul and mary was then uh even then an iconic folk group and both jerry and i we didn't know each other when we were in high school and college but we were both folkies uh we both <laughs> were crappy amateurs in a couple of folk groups and wannabes <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's quite a big deal to have uh Noel on, part of Peter, Paul, and Mary. But I want to explain something real fast and then turn this back to Jerry to start a conversation with Noel. Uh we recorded this on October 29th, Thursday night. This will drop probably on election day, November 3rd. So if you've turned tuned in today, uh, of course we don't know what the results are. Probably nobody does. Our show, you know, will drop sometime during the day. Uh, And America may not even know the results by November 4th. It all depends. It depends on how close it is. Uh, So we're going to do a podcast, we promise, shortly after Election Day, when we know what the outcome is. And we'll, of course, uh, highlight Jerry and his reaction, his analysis, because he has great analyses of these sorts of things. So please uh, watch our website, jerryspringer.com. Um, and we'll be back to that, but for tonight, Jerry, talk okay. to Noel.
2: Yes, and and uh, Noel, uh, I'll bring Noel into the conversation right away on that issue because this is if you if you make your living as a commentator or prognosticator, this you know this we are on the high wire because we are going to have a conversation <laughs> about a result that could turn, our whole conversation could be totally irrelevant. So I, I'm going to make a prediction now. And okay. if, if I'm wrong, we will burn this tape. We, we weren't here. <laughs> I never met you, and, uh, <laughs> but I am saying with assurance the, well, there are three things I'll say about the election uh, today that uh, as people are listening, and that is one There'll be an enormous uh, turnout. You know, that's nothing new to that. A hundred percent sure of that. It may even set records. A hundred percent sure of that. Yep. I am 90 percent sure that uh, Joe Biden will destroy Trump in the popular vote. In other words, there is no question in my mind, barring an act of God, that most of America will as they did in 2016, not vote for Trump. They voted for Hillary by 3 million votes. This time it'll be even larger. So that you can take to the bank. Not my bank, because I need that money, but uh, you can take to your bank. The third thing is a little more up in the air. And uh, you know, I'm thinking Biden will in the end win the electoral college, but If he doesn't, if he doesn't, if, you know, he wins the popular vote by a huge margin, which is expected, and yet he doesn't, like in 2016, doesn't get the electoral votes, it'll be the third time in 20 years that we have elected a president that wasn't the choice of the American people. It'll be the third time in the last five elections that this happened. It'll be the second election in a row that it happened. There is something institutionally wrong with our system if we have created a system and live with a system whereby the American people never have or hardly ever have the deciding vote in who our president is. That seems to be nuts. And with that wonderful introduction, here is a man who the first time my generation in the 50s and 60s heard of him was as a folk singer, part of the iconic Peter, Paul and Mary. And one of the first, even though they were incredibly, you know, talented that you could not separate Peter, Paul, and Mary from the culture and the political awareness of the moment. Today we talk about the resistance movement. You, know, were a major, major part of the resistance of the 50s and 60s. Which changed America initially for the best. And uh. how do you feel? Well, in the beginning, in the early '60s, it was wonderful. We had just elected a president who looked as young as we did. We would place a man on the moon before the end of the decade. We would have the civil rights movement. I mean, you mm-hmm. could line up on the side of good versus evil, and you held the hymnal. From which we sang. You were the voice. That is but it is the truth. It's God's truth. And now you're observing this. You saw what music can do back then. How do you see the world right today on election day? Not that you have to say who you're for or who's gonna win. Well, I know who you must be for, but what you know, talk to me about that.
3: Well, first of all. I think it's important that we become aware of the fact that we inherited uh, much of the perspective and the point of view about compassion, about human rights, about civil rights, from uh, such great leaders as uh, Josh White, uh, Woody Guthrie, Pete Seeger, so, and the weavers, you know, to continue that arc of justice. Uh, to borrow a uh, simile from Martin Luther King yep. uh, would not be a surprise. Um, for me, uh, you know, a young kid growing up in the Midwest with maybe one token Black in my high school yeah, to move to Greenwich Village and to become aware of the inequities that were part of the Black experience growing up was... Pretty uh, edifying. Um, I really, in in all honesty, discovered uh, an ethic in the music and in my relationship with uh, with performers in Greenwich Village that I was not used to. And yet, my heart, and I think for a lot of people in America, there is a compassionate nature that we are being denied uh, in a sense. uh, uh, And that is the strength obviously, uh, has been the strength of Joe Biden's uh, campaign that uh, we must remember whether we're entitled or disenfranchised that ultimately it's the human heart that connects us as a community. And so as we move into this contentious time and the healing has to happen. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so fortunate to be part of a system that, called music yes. that really is embracing uh, of both sides of the political spectrum. And though the lyric uh, tends to lean a little left, <laughs> yes, it is nonetheless inclusive. Because, as I said, it calls on the human heart uh, for uh, the membership of the community. Uh, I, I am, I am like you, uh, b- concerned about this aftermath. You know, we're yeah. we're going to deal with people who are vastly disappointed in the outcome, regardless of which side it falls on. Yeah. And so I think it is the obligation and responsibility of the winning side to reacquaint themselves with yes. compassion. Uh, we need to be able to talk to each other as fellow citizens. Uh, we need to be able to talk to each other as human beings. And, of course, you know, we're living in a pandemic. So yeah. that becomes... It becomes really awkward as, you know, here you are uh, talking through little windows to people that you've had human uh, to human contact with before, as am I. I. I'm not an entertainer on a stage anymore uh, unless it's severely limited by, uh, you know, masks or uh, I mean, I, I just did a a symphony concert in Portland to a hall that holds 2,000 people, and there were five in the audience. Yeah. Now, we could do yeah. some BS like the NFL does and cut out yeah. and cardboard <laughs> attendees you know, and stick them
2: in the proceeds. Yeah. That is so but,
3: great. You know, the, the interesting thing about doing a, a symphony concert, though, was when – You've ever attended a symphony concert. Have you sure. ever been able to look over the shoulder of a violin player or see up close the English horn player or yeah. the clarinet player or watch the notes, the cello players? So in the context of having to deal with this thing yeah. called the pandemic, we have opportunities to, in fact, be a little more intimate, maybe a little offhand, you know, a little yeah. casual. And sometimes I think it works against um, the message. But boy, as long as we're open and authentic, I think that it sends a strong signal. And I hope that that signal continues after the will continue now after the election. Insofar as people are open and revealing to each other. Uh, That's that's my hope and my prayer
2: anyway. Yeah, well, uh, amen. And I think. You know, my and maybe this is a generalization, but I think it's true in every human being. Um, there's there's good and bad that can be uh, watered and grow. And mm. part of socialization, part of life, is to find ways to reach to the good part of you you know you you could turn a baby into a very bad grown up by you know teaching you know or condoning selfishness or you know don't share your toys no it's yours you know we could you can form a baby and make that baby grow up to be a very bad human being uh you know the extreme mussolini probably was a cute baby <laughs> you know so along the way somebody makes But the beauty of music and your music and people like you is that it reaches in. It's why when you go to see a movie and sometimes, you know, back in the days, you could see the movie in in a theater and sometimes embarrassingly, you would tear up. Yeah. And And I jokingly say even conservatives tear up once in a while. You know what I mean? So it's like. Something in each of us can reach, uh, oh, you know, how we wince when we see someone mistreat a dog, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, so there Mm -hmm. it's there and the role you played and I'm not just blowing smoke at you, 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 the people you mentioned, there is no question they were the forerunners of this, but what you managed to do along with a few others is bring it into the mainstream. So it wasn't just, oh, those long-haired hippies. But suddenly, yeah, middle America suddenly saw that. And that was key. That was key. That's when it started we were, to change. We
3: were we were living in a time where radio was just opening up. Yeah. And the idea of spinning hits or Moonspoon, Croon, June tunes
1: yeah. gave way to
3: the... <laughs> gave way to the fact that oh my gosh we could talk about real things we could talk about relationships that ex- and we could talk about the subtlety of relationships we could talk about the hopes for people who have had no hope historically we could we we could sing about things that made particularly if they were delivered authentically we could talk about things that made our lives transparent to one another, and that was the key element of the '60s. We, you know, it wasn't like <laughs> we invented it; it's like we brought it into an era that was thirsting. For yes, us. and I, I suspect that you know, post-election, we are going to be thirsting for this kind of togetherness again. Yeah, uh, we're going to want to know what brings us together. I mean, unless we are totally deluded by someone who indicates that uh, such kind of compatibility and such kind of concern is weakness.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: That
3: yeah. will be a very bad state for the- I
2: agree. So the resistance- For
3: the country and for the yeah. world.
2: There, When you mentioned that's what the 60s was like, I think there really is a parallel between the sixties and right now. And what the parallel is, it started out when, remember earlier I said to you, uh, you know, in the beginning, the sixties were pure. And mm. what the sixties the started out as the movement was a civil rights movement. So there were good guys and bad guys, and it didn't involve the whole country. It was a pure cause for making America the best it could be. As the 60s wore on, suddenly Vietnam came about. And Mm -hmm. now everybody joined in because all of a sudden everyone was affected. Everyone had a kid or a husband or father or mother that was going to Vietnam. So suddenly we were.
3: Yeah. And we were we were called as a citizenry. To make decisions that were well beyond our scope, I mean, these were the you know to go to war was not up to us. That was the thing exactly. that the government did, and we endorsed it. But now, because of the press, because of access to information, yeah, we were aware of the fact that this was a war that we had inherited or had taken on from the French,
2: and was oh. not, not germane or or pertinent to right. America's interest. The war never made any sense. And it was, but everyone was suddenly, in a sense, uh, drafted into having to have a a decision. Politics became our life. Well, look at this. Look at the last few years here. It starts with a cause, Black Lives Matter. It didn't have everybody's support. The people that did support it were the same kind of people that initially saw that justice was critically important and not necessarily It wasn't until the pandemic came that suddenly everyone is now involved in politics. I used to say when I went around giving speeches uh, in schools that back in the 60s, the music was political because politics was our life. It wasn't just a subject you studied in school. Everyone was aware of it because we were going to Vietnam. Well, now it started out as Black Lives Matter, which is a cause, a very righteous cause. But in terms of getting everyone's involvement, it wasn't Mm -hmm. until the pandemic, which is like our Vietnam, everyone suddenly is affected by it or could be affected by it or is scared by it or is losing their job because of it. So now we've got everyone involved. Yeah, go
3: ahead. I wonder, Jerry, if that's not because the pandemic and our lockdown and our uh kind of spending more time uh by ourselves is not encouraging a kind of reflection that we haven't had time before. We've been so caught up in our various yeah. concerns and our, our personal matters because the thing that's Emerged from Black Lives Matter, that's the healthiest is the recognition of systematic racism. Yeah. You know, it's hard for this country. I mean, I was, you know, brought up as a kid thinking about, you know, whoopee, uh, Christopher Columbus discovered America. How did I, you know, I hadn't, I gave no thought to the indigenous uh, people yeah. that were, uh, you know, uh, sure that, that the fact that. Uh, you know, the Underground Railroad uh, brought so many Blacks to the North. And I thought, oh, great. Well, they're all escaping, so it's all over now. You know, yeah. <laughs> the civil yeah. rights movement. Yeah. Ditto, ditto, ditto. But this runs deep. And in order to go in and cure something deep, I think the pandemic has been a blessing of sorts because it has caused us to examine in our own homes, and our own hearts, in our own minds, the degree to which we have contributed to racism.
2: Okay. Yeah. Hey, Jerry, and and
0: Noel, I want to ask Noel something, and Jerry, I think you can relate to this. We all remember that in the 1960s, music was seen as an instrument for activism and change at times. Not every folk song was about that, uh, but many were. Many artists used music as an instrument or a tool to cause social action. Do you think, Noel, that today, different from the 60s, uh, music is or isn't being used or accepted as a tool today like it was I think in the it- 60s? And maybe as part of the answer, you could touch on uh, Music the to Life too, because I want our listeners yeah. to know about yeah, well, that gee, organization. I, I, th-
3: I think that there's no doubt there's a multiplicity of forms of expression uh, available to us now that wasn't in the sixties. I mean, we had pop radio, maybe a few like, uh, you know, public broadcasting stations that might play something, uh, you know, off of the hit, you know, that wasn't on the hit parade. The fact that folk music arrived on the hit parade and opened the door to this kind of thinking that you're speaking to the, this kind of awareness of our interconnectedness was, uh, you know, uh, quite a monumental movement in the 60s. So it's only right to ask, well, where where is that movement now? Are there still people that feel that way? Well, fortunately, you know, uh, for those of us that have kept in touch with the young singer-songwriters uh, of today, uh, my daughter in particular, Liz Sunday, has created an organization called Music to Life. And Jerry is aware of it. He was, he was at a meeting we had in New York City. It was beautiful. I remember... I don't know if it, was, if it was your phrase or somebody else in the room, but Jerry said, "Hey, you want to get music to life known?" He said, "You should do Songs Across America," because oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a way—that was a way that, a way yeah. that Jerry thought of—and I think he's right of connecting people with the fact that music still speaks to the concerns that we hold together as a community so music to life is just on the cusp now of releasing a uh, an album called hope rises which has 15 very modern uh contemporary artists but the curious thing and i i know that jerry will love this because we, we were talking about a multiplicity of efforts you know i mean he's jerry is uh you know he's been so involved with the city of Cincinnati, you know, he is also, I won't call him a game show host, but he's close to it. (laughs) uh, The fact is his talents are wide and varied. So it seems that there is a diversity to our concerns in this country that is so wide that it hard, hard for us to find the individual element or the individual uh, opportunity to Express a concern or even uh, um, progress in that particular area. I mean, it could be environment, it could be racism, you know, it could be economics, it could be homelessness, it could be, I mean, there are a variety of issues, much broader palette now available to us as a citizenry to become involved in than it used to be, which was the anti war movement or the civil rights movement. Yeah. Everything seems to be correlated. Well, the beautiful thing about Music to Life is that Liz has identified and the organization identifies individual artists in their community that are addressing the individual needs. Now, you know, we have to understand that music has a couple of forms. There's the entertainment form. Let's get out and boogie. Let's dance. Let's have fun on a Saturday night. There's the informative form. There's the, oh, you know, I hadn't really thought about, uh, you know, our lives are connected like facets of a jewel. I hadn't thought about the fact that we are all connected. Or Woody Guthrie's, you know, Past Years of Plenty. But when the entertainer leaves the stage, uh, is it over? Well, for these 15 artists that are on this new release called... Uh, called Hope Rises. And for the other artists who are contacting Music to Life, they're beginning to recognize that they know it's not over. You can be a part of the administration of the cure of these concerns. You can go into the prisons. You can go into the forests. You can connect with the local organizations that are doing the best they can to correct these concerns for America. And so when you ask, you know, as folk music had its heyday? Well, there was a time when it hit pop music and made a, rap, a radical change in what we were used to listening to. But it exists uh, as a vibrant form of involvement with everybody's community now. Um, and if you don't believe me, go to <laughs> go to musictolife.org and look at that website and you'll see you'll meet these artists you'll become aware of the fact that they are speaking to a multitude of concerns that we all share and beyond those concerns they will or they are already in your community working with those organizations to affect change
2: and the person right the person that does that beautifully said by the way but the people that listen to that music never mind just the writers that mm. stir it up but the people then listen, can all of a sudden feel, you know what, I I, I could do that. I could work with the local prisons as as Gene does, uh, mm. or you know I I could get involved in some environmental group. And it just it's and young people particularly are so looking for meaning, for you know inspiration, what to do, and they yeah. find a cause boom, they're there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And something redeeming for their lives. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's that, it's that next step beyond, uh, beyond inspiration. It's okay. I'm inspired. What do I do with it?
0: And by the way, it, and it, 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 we've talked about this before, uh, Noel, cause Noel came to Cincinnati and, uh, did a appearance on our, uh, podcast live and, we uh, raise some money for Music to Life. And again, I encourage people go to musictolife.org, know about this organization, and please uh, give some money, whether it's five bucks, 10 bucks, yep. $8. But it's not just the folk genre. Would you agree, Noel? For example, and I think back, by the way, Bobby Darren, mm-hmm. who probably started as a folk singer, but became a pop singer and then became kind of a Las Vegas actor. And he did a song because I think he was feeling oh. the pressure. God, what was called a simple song? Yes. simple song. And, song and of he, so, yeah. so, so my point is, is that uh, the the message of uh, caring for other people, activism, change—however you want to look at it what, even in the time of Bobby Darren in the seventies went over to a more popular genre. Take today, Tyler Tyler Childers who is a country singer, up-and-coming guy from uh, in, down in Kentucky in cold country, he put out a song in the country genre that responds to the Black Lives Matter cause. I wonder, Noel, and I bet you guys are finding that in the rap genre, there are artists stepping up to move messages. So it, it doesn't have to just be folk music, correct? It could be pop music. Oh, it no. could be yeah, it, country.
3: It's- it most definitely has morphed into all frames, all all styles of music. Yeah. Tim Blessed does great environmental work and he's a rapper, um, a hip hop artist. Um, Yeah. We, we need, you know, to speak to our constituencies. I mean, we need to speak to the people that we grew up with, that we live with, that uh, you know, are next door and be able to, I don't know, elicit a kind of uh, a
0: mutuality of respect and interest. Hey, let's try something. Well, you've got a guitar there, <laughs> and we're going to play in a moment a song that uh, Noel sent to us. We appreciate it very much, uh, America the Beautiful, and we're going to insert that into this podcast. We're going to do that in a minute, and we're all going to hear it do some licks on the guitar. You were doing a blues song as we were I, doing a you know, mic
3: check. When, when you talk, when we're talking about the transition in a sense of America's attitude towards music that happened in the sixties and their awareness yeah. that music could speak to a larger concern. Then I got to thinking, okay, well, there were people who maybe tried to ride on the back of folk music, music, you know, who said, Oh, I could do folk music. That's so simple. But There were people who understood that there was a deeper significance. Yeah. And I've been doing, I've been opening that blues tune that you're talking about with this. uh, Mm, uh, Let's see. Mm, What the world
1: needs now
3: is love, sweet
1: love. That's the only thing that there's just to little love.
3: let's talk about love with capital l when was the last time you heard it spell
1: with the emphasis in the proper place, Ooh, yeah. let's talk about love in the upper case. Some might call it amazing grace or the end the
3: author of time and space, but let's talk about
1: love, 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 love.
3: Change your heart, you hadn't seen
1: where love's the only explanation for a miracle that set somebody free. Who, yeah, let's talk about love, Mm -hmm. capital
3: L, not talking about witchcraft or a magic spell or hanky panky
1: cheap hotel, no, not love, 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 love. I'm not saying that I love you any more or any less. I'm just saying that there's more here than we are usually Willing to confess, when yeah, let's talk about love, where it all began. Yeah, love, 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 like a master plan. If you believe, then raise your hand and let's talk about love, 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 the
3: love. capital L. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> but did you get the you get the bird back rack opening? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It oh.
0: isn't, hey, by the way, it isn't like no, that. did you, yeah, when you formed uh Peter, Paul, and Mary, when was that in 19 late 50s or no, tell no, us 60. what person?
3: 60
0: 60, 60. So, did you come to that group as a really good guitarist? Did you study guitar? Did you Ooh. become good so where does that that come as a
3: back end compliment gene
0: (laughs) but but is that were you were you part of that group uh yeah i mean did you study guitar as a kid or where'd it come from
3: oh thank
0: you uh no
3: i i was you know basically my dad had a four four string guitar when i was growing up 11 12 years old and i tuned it like a ukulele and i learned to play chords on it, but I was always the outsider when it came to folk music because I love major sevenths. Now, I don't know if you know what a major seventh is. I'm going to give you an illustration. Here's an A. Yeah. Here's an A major seventh. You hear the subtlety of the color? So I would try to play these chords and Peter would say, you can't play that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. not what Woody Guthrie was trying to say. He, yeah. he, was, he was being up front. So I learned that there is a place for color and a place for not. So if you listen to a song like Jet Plane, John Denver song, you'll hear major sevenths, you know. Yeah. But if you hear this land is your land, you won't hear any major sevenths. Yeah. That's oh. So. That That's encouraged so cool. me. Okay. Uh, my whole jazz background has encouraged me to be discreet about my use of color chords.
2: That is such a great explanation, man. Yeah, when when you started, uh, you know, with Peter, Paul, and Mary, were you were you thinking we're gonna you're gonna be entertainers or Oh, no. When did the cause come? Did the cause come oh, it before was the entertainment?
3: From the from the get-go, Jerry. I mean, because the cause was embedded in the music. There wasn't a piece of music that we did that either wasn't inherited or directed at the human condition. Yeah. And it wasn't, I mean, sure, if you miss the train I'm on, yeah. you will uh-huh. know that I am gone. You can hear the whistle blow 500 minutes. Yeah, there were, but even that love song is couched in a kind of organic, uh inclusive
2: yeah uh, yeah manner
3: oh. it's not it's not filled with strings it's not you know and yeah when we arrived on the scene in 61 with just two guitars a voice and you know uh three voices and a bass player you know that was it it wasn't until the beatles and uh uh james taylor yeah james taylor really broke the, the ice because he said okay i get it Folk music and its essence has value, but there's no reason why you can't have a piano player. There's no reason why you can't have drums or a bass. And then, around that same time, the Beatles brought a consciousness uh, to their music that said, "We don't have to sing totally vacuous lyrics." Yeah, we, I mean, we can incorporate them. They can be part of the fun of music. Yeah, but. There's an opportunity to say all you need yeah. is love. And yeah. what, is,
0: what does that mean to
3: us? You know?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was, a, you was did. a great era that you guys did. You guys did a song called, I love, uh, I think I've got the title, right? I love rock and roll music. Yeah, I did. I love. <laughs> I did. I did rock and roll music. And I love that song because it <laughs> started this conversation with pop music and with it rock did. and roll. Yeah. It did. And it, Raised a question toward the end, as I recall, about you guys, and you even name the mamas and the papas in it. But it, 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 it's like you guys won't put on the radio, won't do material that I can't pass um, past the radio censors politically. Talk a little well, bit well, about that. that the was,
3: they didn't have anything to do with politics. That was all about marijuana. You know, and curiously, (laughs) it was Yeah, really, I mean, it was all about getting high on, on marijuana and uh, curious, here we are, you know, some, what, how many
1: years later and, Forty years it's later. Later, I
3: mean, to a large extent. Sure. Certainly it's its value is understood. I, I can remember I can remember guys that I was uh, you know smoking with in the in the sixties and I said, you know, this stuff is I, I feel like I go into a laboratory when I'm smoking dope, you know, because it causes me to be more real. And they said, No, you gotta understand there's some guys that have stayed in the lab too long. <laughs> 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 and so yeah. So I understand that, you know, there's an inherent danger with wanting to get away from it all. But yeah. to me, this was, to me, it was like a doorway, a perception to authenticity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, whether that was because I was an only kid or what. So the lyric of I dig rock and roll music is I really, because there were a lot of references to weed at the time, yeah. you know, and, uh, They were all hidden in the lyrics.
2: Well, there were these interviews where you guys denied that Puff the Magic Dragon was anything more than a children's song. Was that true?
3: Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that was – yeah, that was – that was a Newsweek article, and you know, did they use the word purported?
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So
3: they could, avoid, they could avoid any kind of litigation. You know, they said, yeah. it's purported to be. Yeah. No, it was a kid's song. It always was a kid's song. It still is a kid's it song. Is. I still it have is.
2: fun. Oh, in yeah. It. It's become a staple in our and household.
3: And, and oh. kind of a, you know, kind of a whimsical grown-up opportunity for a little kid to say, well, what, why didn't Jackie Paper go back to yeah. visit Puppet? Oh, honey? Man. He grew oh. up, and you will grow up, too. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. You're great. Hey, do... uh, uh no, uh, we would like to uh, insert and actually listen right now. David, can you cue up uh by a uh, performance by Noel doing America the Beautiful?
2: I think so. Because, because you run re- a preface? Yeah, let's do the preface of it, because we you were initially... You initially were talking about uh, the need of what's going to happen after this day of election. Uh, You know, what's going to reach out to everybody? What's going to... Go ahead, take it. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, probably be more... I I apologize if it sounds a little bit more self-serving, but frankly, I became aware of the fact that America the Beautiful, which is one of our most beautiful patriotic songs was only performed by most people as one verse. Uh, they would do the first verse. And then if there was a major sporting event, some jets would fly over and then they yeah. would modulate and the dancers, <laughs> the dancers would come out, but they never, they never sang the verses about uh, gleaming alabaster cities or pilgrims right. f- uh, feet trotting. Yeah. And I thought, well, f- what is folk music's role? Folk music's role many times is to take that which is known and make it contemporary and make it timely. So much much against the um, concerns of my wife, I went ahead and wrote two new verses for America the Beautiful oh. and that's what you're going to hear tonight. Okay. <laughs>
1: Fourth verse, let's do it.
2: I know. I'll tell you, America is one of my favorite countries. <laughs> no, that was, oh, that is beautiful. No kidding. No. Oh man, you got it. You Thank got you. it. Yeah. yeah. All right.
0: And hey, once again, let me uh, ask people to go to music to life.org and uh, follow what they're doing become a, a, and they have a Facebook page too, as I recall, No, correct. Yes. Yes, we do. And Go there and uh, be part of that and follow that. And 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 all
3: of the information about the uh, the new album, the uh, the, you know, the 15 artists that are part of Hope Rises will be there as well.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And, uh, well, we thank you so much for being part of this and uh, we're going to ask you to take us out. I'm going to be very transparent about this. He's going to take us out on the song called One Flame. And it was a song that we recorded that when Noel was in Cincinnati a few years back. So uh, once again, we we yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for uh, being part of I,
3: I love being part of your party.
2: Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You bet. It says we live in the
3: same
1: house
3: on different floors. I got my window, and you got yours. We each got a
1: door that leads to the hall. But the rooms are so cozy, and the door is so small. One flame, many candles, one sky, many stars. One sea, many rivers, one love, and so many hearts. Now that's of course, you're going to sing. One flame, sing it to me. One flame, many candles, many candles,
3: one sky, one sky. And then you sing many with me, many hearts, one sea. One sea, and with me are many rivers. One love, one love, and then together, and so many hearts.
1: One flame, many candles. One sky, and many stars. One sea, one sea. Many rivers. One love, one love. So are many hearts.
3: So mostly we sit our windows
1: and stare Sometimes we wonder What's happening out there Is there something I'm missing Something I ought to see Something bigger than life Something bigger than me Does. one see one see men mid- Found on the shelf A mystery that I've written myself I'm in the last chapter I'm not sure what's in store But I'm betting it ends with A knock on the door Here we go white flame, flame Many candles One sky A many rivers, one love, one love. A doing it in one place. Many candles, one sky, one sea. A many rivers, one love. watching that one love. And so many hearts.